Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Hello to everybody joining us on IMSA TV as well. It's John Hindorf and the team. Good to have your company. Uh, let's head down to uh, Sheer Adam, who's uh, in the pit lane for us. In fact, we'll do that in just a moment after I've reminded you where we are. It's Canadian Time Motorsport Park just outside Bowmanville, Ontario just up the road from Oshawa which is on the lakeside big GM uh, area around here. Ten superbly testing corners, just about a bit of everything uh, here at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park on a track that's uh, been well, since the early 1960s, been pretty much exactly as it is uh, right now. It's got a great character and provides a stiff challenge for teams, engineers, tyre technicians, and particularly for the drivers. Set down to Sheer Adam in the pit lane straight away before we get our qualifying sessions underway. Two 15-minute sessions, one for GTs, one for prototypes. Uh, and this morning, Sheer Adam, we had an issue for the uh, the Lexus uh, of Ben Barnacle went off at turn three. What's the update? Well, you can hear the gentle rumble of a Lexus engine in the background of my microphone. That is the 12. The sister car, Frankie Montecalvo, will be qualifying that. The 14 lives once again, and should the car pass tech and be cleared to go back out for qualifying, Ben will be the driver tasked to take the car out around the two and a half miles of Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. Now, when I last passed it, it was rolling through tech. That was about five minutes ago, and the crew members are here up on the pit wall with sticker tires. We are going to see that machine here in a couple of seconds, and Ben will get his opportunity to get back on the horse today with qualifying duties. And Jeremy Shaw, actually, there are three sessions of 15 minutes because although the GT cars are together because essentially they're the same cars, the same balance of performance, we will actually split the prototypes up, uh, presumably because the GT3s are quite a bit slower than the DPIs. Yeah, the the LMP3 cars are indeed uh, quite a long way behind the DPIs in terms of ultimate pace, uh, like... uh, well, six, seven seconds at least. Uh, and it'll be the non-pro drivers who qualify in LMP3 as well. Those are the regulations for the pro-am categories, GTD and LMP3. So, yeah, it does make sense to split the sessions up. And uh, no excuses then for uh, drivers in any of the classes, really, for having any traffic problems. Well, you say that, Jeremy. But as, <laughs> as you... Uh, uh, it sounds, uh, it, 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 it always, somebody will find a group of cars somewhere, won't they? Uh, yes, uh, absolutely right. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, we're only six cars on the track for, for both of uh, LMP3 and uh, DPI. Really don't want to hear it. Um, and, you know, you, you certainly could get a bit of a draft around here, which could pick up some speed. But uh, the, only, the only team that's really in a position to do that would be Cadillac Racing. And um, I don't think it would be... Uh, 
I, I would be surprised if we saw the two Cadillacs doing that in the later sessions. And this one right now, uh, it's, this is going to be you know, no holds barred, basically. We've seen super tight, super tight times all the way through the both practice sessions we've had, one yesterday, one this morning. And, uh, you know, it's it's really down to uh, who can who can get it all together. I'll tell you what, I was impressed this morning by Frankie Montecalvo, who was the quickest of all of the GTD cars. He is... Uh, a uh, an AM rated driver like in the Pro AM GTD class and he was fastest of all of them for most of the session. He was just pipped at the end by Matthew Jaminet, a factory Porsche driver of course for FAF Motorsports but Frankie still ended up with the second fastest time in GTD. Uh, Shea Adam, there's no choice for uh, some of the uh, teams as far as their qualifying drivers are concerned but who have you got in the cars? I've got all of the cars. We'll start from the pit out end of things for FAF, it is Matthew Jaminet, or Jam Jam, as his Canadian hockey jersey has been saying today with the uh, FAF clad livery. Right behind them will be the 14, I've already told you, that's Ben Barnacote, Frankie Montecalvo in the 12 Lexus for Team Corvette. That is the three, Jordan Taylor behind the wheel there. For the heart of racing, Aston Martins, we've got Alex Roberas, pole sitter here back in 2016 in a Porsche, and the 27, Roman DeAngelis in that Aston Martin. 79 is Cooper McNeil in the Mercedes-Benz and the 25 BMW is John Edwards. I believe that wraps up our pro class and for AM, for GTD regular, if you will, Robbie Foley is the pole sitter from 2019. He's going to try and do it again in the Turner Motorsports BMW. That's the taco machine back in its yellow and blue livery. We've got Russell Ward in the Windward Racing Mercedes, the number 57. That is Madison Snow saying hello? Well, not really, but in the Paul Miller Racing BMW, Aiden Reed is the driver in the Acura. That is the Rick Ware Racing Machine, and I think that's all of them. And everybody rolling pretty quickly. We've got a couple of cars that still haven't rolled out. Some of the GTDs always seem to be a bit recalcitrant. Corvette are out early here with their Singleton car. Remember, that is the GT Le Mans car, which has been backwards engineered to something close to GT3 both Corvette and Ford with their GT3 programs in full effect their bespoke GT3 programs in full effect, we'll see those cars probably early next year ahead of a full season in either 23 or 24 for those cars so 15 minutes on the clock. No adjustments to be had, Jeremy. So what these drivers have got, as soon as they pull out, it's all down to the driver. Nothing can be done now by the teams. They've given, given the driver, that's what you're going to get, son. Off you go and drive it. That's exactly right, John. And effectively, park for May conditions from the beginning of qualifying because you're not allowed, not allowed to, uh, to make any changes to the car. You're not even allowed to touch it, uh, anyone other than the driver until the all clear is given by the IMSA officials after the session has been completed. So, yes, uh, get on with it now, boys and girls. And uh, this is going to be fun. It's, it's, uh, it, it is tight. Uh, the Porsche did set the fastest time this morning. And uh, certainly on home ground, just 45 minutes from home for that, uh, for that team, they'll be hoping for a good result here in qualifying. That is in GTD uh, Pro, the uh, championship leader, coming into this weekend and that's the, that's the way they want to keep it this is a uh, 
another one of the oddities, Jeremy, in terms of how IMSA have uh, arranged their calendars. I, I, I really like how they do this and, and spread out the championships uh, through the year. So in terms of GT Daytona, this is just a round of the Sprint Cup. There's the full championship, there's the Sprint Cup, which are the short races, and there's the Endurance Cup, which are the longer races. This just the Sprint Cup, is that right? That's exactly right. Yes, indeed. It's round five of the Sprint Cup, and the championship has been led by Madison Snow and Brian Sellers in that number one Paul Miller Racing BMW for this season, new car for this year, of course. And that's a pretty impressive run, considering the fact they completely missed the first overall round of the season, but they have, of course, done all the, all the Sprint Cup events. So uh, having had to miss Daytona because the car wasn't ready, wasn't delivered from BMW, they're concentrating on the Sprint Cup Series and currently have a 134-point lead over Robbie Foley and Bill Arblin for Turner Motorsport. The Lexus, well, no, not that Lexus, but the other Lexus that you hear rumbling away gently in the background is Ben Barnicote. The 14 has made it out on the pit lane. They are putting sticker Michelin tires on it. It failed tech the first time through on ride height, so they had to make an adjustment and then take the car back through tech. Now it's good to go. Car is about to drop off the air jacks. There we go. And let's see, Ben, you are clear to leave. Waiting for the signal for somebody on the box to be told to go out onto the racetrack. But this is his first time going back out since that incident this morning. It's going to take a bit of a deep breath for him as he goes through three for the first time. But I am so glad to see this car out on the racetrack. Thanks, Shea. Shea Adam down there on the pit lane. That's a, a stout job, actually, by the Vassa Sullivan uh, guys because uh, it, it was bodywork at the front, but there was clearly some left-hand front suspension damage from that incident at the exit of turn three and that is actually not that long ago let's be honest and to get the race car put uh, together Jeremy and get it all straight and string get the string round it and do the alignment very smart for them to run it through tech before they went out onto the track um, and, they, and not have to worry about what happened afterwards that's really smart work by that team yeah, really, really uh, was very good coordination down there at the Vassar Sullivan team. They've got plenty of practice, of course. Lots of very experienced guys on that crew and uh, able to get that car out again. Tell you what, doesn't that Paul Miller Racing BMW look fantastic in this Stars and Stripes livery? Special, of course, for, for last weekend and this July 4th weekend in the U.S. Of course, we're in Canada, but it was Canada Day yesterday. So uh, it, that car looks absolutely stunning, I think, in this livery has been down through the years a bit of a tradition that at Watkins Glen and Canadian Time Motorsport Park, the, the back-to-backs in uh, this area of the world, not an awful long way between them in terms of doing uh, doing the drive. And what a lovely drive it is, whichever way uh, you uh, go around the lake uh, and across the border, coming up from upstate New York and the Finger Lakes region. But it has been a bit of a tradition of having some commemorative liveries and nice to see. Uh, that the Paul Miller guys have uh, cracked on with that, kept it a very, very impressive secret indeed. Across the line, uh, and Madison Snow goes to second best GT car, and best of the GTDs improves to a 117 flat. Frankie Monte Calvo loves this place, says it's his favourite in the number 12. Uh, Vassa Sullivan Lexus, that is the... The 
GT car, the GTD car, he just goes to best of the GTs and therefore to the best of GTD. Russell Ward to second in Winwood. So now it's Lexus from Mercedes from Corvette, which is the best of the GTD Pro. That's Jordan Taylor, then Robbie Foley, then Madison Snow. And now Porsche to the top. Faf Motorsports, so it's Porsche Lexus, Corvette, Porsche Lexus Corvette, Mercedes, BMW, BMW. Two different classes of cars there, and the GTD Pro's back on top with Matthew Jammin here, Jeremy. Yeah, just uh, about, uh, about a quarter of a second, in fact, that time by uh, Matthew Jaminet, uh, fractionally outside the time he set earlier this morning in cooler conditions, of course, in that number nine uh, Porsche 911 GT3R. Car looks great, doesn't it, in that uh, plaid livery. Saw some uh, some pretty impressive uh, plaid uh, red pants also on, on, on a, one of the fans up at turn three earlier on this morning. Very cool, really getting into the swing of things here at Canadian Time Motorsport Park. I'm not going to uh, ask why you're watching, uh, looking at anybody's pants at, at Turn 3 this morning, <laughs> Jeremy. I think we move rapidly on from that as we're halfway through. Uh, the, trousers, John, trousers. Uh, uh, yes, I know that, uh, just for our international <laughs> audience. Frankie Monte Calvo back to the top. This is going to be a real big swinging match wow. at the front of the field as the number nine driveway Motul Porsche comes through the final corner to cross the line and there is an improvement from Jaminier, and it's good enough to go back to the top. He's still the best of the GTD Pro's 0.007 of a second between Jaminier and the Lexus RCF. And he was right over the exit curb of the final corner. Did he hold on to it? Ooh, I think he did. Still had some part of the right-hand side Michelin tyre inside the curb and the white line. But there was a big dust storm at the back uh, of that car as the left-hand side Michelins were kicking up the dirt. Yeah, I think that definitely would have cost him a little bit of time there, John. Uh, you, you might be using the track limits and more there, but uh, running onto the grass is not going to improve your lap time, unlike at uh, turn one or turn two, where running wide there over the exit curbing uh, onto the asphalt will likely improve your lap time. So that was a really, really good lap uh, from Matthew Jamini. He, he didn't improve in that final sector, on that lap um, uh, because uh, because of running around on, on the dirt. But, yeah, he's got, got on with the case there, has that factory Porsche driver. Big week for him, of course, announced last weekend that he will be part of the factory team in the prototypes, the U963 for next season. So Matthew Jaminet from France clearly on a high right now. Yeah, and his teammate Matt Campbell as well. Matty Campbell, the young Antipodean who's come up through... The ranks through the Porsche Carrera Cups around the world. Uh, they've promoted quite a lot of GT drivers. Lawrence Van Tour in that as well. Uh, but bringing back some experience as well. Uh, wrapping up their uh, Formula E uh, programme shortly. And uh, Seb Buemi coming uh, back, not Sepoemi at all, Andre Lotter, excuse me, uh, coming back uh, from that to be the elder statesman, if you will, of the, the GTP and LMDH running. Two cars in IMSA in what will be the GTP category, two cars in the LMDH category of hypercar for FIA WEC. Both team Porsche Penske. 
in terms of the uh, in terms of the entry. If you didn't catch it last week, there'll be also a privateer or customer racing car, I should more properly say, here in IMSA and in the FIA. And that will be here. It will be JDC Miller Motorsport. Uh, their drivers yet to be named over in FIA WEC. It will be Team Hertz Jota. And David Clark telling us on Midweek Motorsport on Wednesday, director of Jota, telling us that that will be an all-pro uh, entry from the driving standpoint. And uh, that, as I say, Team Hertz Jota, also supported by Singer, the people who take old Porsches and uh, reimagine them into multi-million pound works of art that you can drive on the road. Not Norbert then. No, but interesting that they called it that. Uh, I always thought that right from the uh, the very start of that. One of the legendary Porsche engineers, Norbert Singer. Lovely uh, Brilliant lap there by Matthew Chamonix. Did improve last time around at 115.468 then to reassert himself at the front of the time charts here in GTD Pro. Frankie Montecalvo, he's in the pits. His qualifying run is completed. A brilliant lap by him, 115.633. That is quicker by nearly two tenths of a second than he managed this morning also a good effort here from ben barnicott he's he's only ninth overall of all the gtd pro cars and fifth out of six in excuse me in gtd cars fifth out of six in gtd pro but he's already gone quicker than he did this morning despite the off so good effort on ben barnicott uh, alex riberas is the third fastest time, second in pro, just ahead now, creeping just ahead now in the last Martin of Jordan Taylor in Corvette. It's Jeremy Shaw with me, John Hindoff in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre coming to the last couple of minutes as we are counting down for the GTD Pro and GTD qualifying into the pit lane for the number 23 that's the heart of racing at Aston and yeah. that'll be no better than second in GTD Pro however the GTDs and correct me if I'm wrong Jeremy do the GTDs all just line up GTD Pro and then GTD Am or is it just as they qualify within the whole class it's just as they qualify yeah. in class. Yeah, that's what uh, I thought. So it'll be Jaminet and Montecalvo on the on the front row as we stand right now. We've got five of the top seven already already in pits. Top three, number nine of Jaminet, number twelve, Montecalvo, best of GTDs. Alex Ruberas, number twenty-three, Aston Martin, also in the pits. Jordan Taylor, who's uh, third in GTD Pro, fourth overall, is still out on the racetrack in the Corvette. Uh, uh, but Roman DeAngelis, who is behind him by a 0 0.02 of a second, is still out in the second of the half of racing Aston Martins. But it's super tight here. I mean, it was a brilliant lap by Jaminet. Those two are uh, about, um, well, okay, for one and a half tenths between first and second. Then uh, a tenth, uh, two, ten two and a half tenths back to Ribras. But behind Ribras, the next. Uh, eight cars covered by Moore, just over a tenth of a second. Super tight. As we expect, Jeremy, let's be honest. We're, we're not writing headlines with that. It's not <laughs> It's not shock horror, is it? Let's be honest. True that, true that. Uh, it is, uh, it's, it's fantastic to see the equitability amongst the GTU. Backs. All the different manufacturers. We've got a Porsche, Lexus, Aston Martin, Chevrolet, 
the top four in this session. Only second of the Astons, then a couple of BMWs, uh, and all of them covered by about half a second. Now, best of uh, the Mercedes is the Russell Ward-driven car, fourth in GTD, down in eighth. But even then, that's half, only half a second away. In yeah. a, you know, what is it? Um, you know, 75, 76 second lap. That's that's a very, very small percentage indeed. Cross the line for the BMW with John Edwards. He'll get one more lap. Checkered flag is now out. And just trying to see who got across the line. I think that Ben Barnicourt got across the line to start another lap, but it must have been mighty close. I have to say, I wasn't looking down at the start to stand there on driver's left as they crest the brow going down into turn one. Coming to the end of the lap now, and this will be his last lap, Russell Ward. Is he going to finish the lap? Yes, he is. Turns into the final corner. Gets a nice exit from there and crosses the line, does not improve. He doesn't, but he had three laps there, all within a tenth of a second at Russell Ward. Very good. 16.112 uh, was his last lap. His best was a 16.039, and there was another 16.1 in there as well, so impressive by him. But John Edwards did just improve, got himself up to fourth fastest overall, third in GTT Pro in the BMW Team RLL M4 GT3 at a 115.899. And he's got this lap as well, Jeremy. He just crossed the line, and he's on one here. The car's moving around and he will complete this lap so his dashboard must be telling him he's got something close to a chance to improve again as he goes across the line and it's a 16-1 so it does not quite improve uh, for that so the two cars in the pits well they were fairly confident because the Mathieu Jaminier Faf Motorsport GTD Pro the uh, driveway Haggerty driveway car is at the Sharp end of the queue and at the sharp end of the grid. 115.468 against a 15.633 for Frank Monte Calvo and the Vasa Sullivan at number 12 Lexus. So those are our two pole sitters and they will be shepherded down to Shea Adam uh, at the end of the pit lane. Nothing splitting them. I mean, what was it? A couple of tenths. That pretty impressive. Tenth and a half, let's call it. So two pole sitters from this session. Let's hand it down to Shea, who's waiting for the drivers to jump out of their cars. Two very worthy pole sitters, Shea. Well, for Frankie Montecalvo, he's made no secret about the fact that this is one of his favorite tracks and possibly even your favorite track on the schedule. How good does a pole position feel here? Uh, it's great. This is uh, a track that I really love. It was my first podium in uh, pro racing, and to come out here and put the car up front for the team is great. And I'm, you know, really looking forward to the race because we, you know, qualified P2 last run and, uh, or sorry, last race, and now we're starting in the front. So looks really good for us. What is it about this track that makes you like it so much? I just love the high-speed corners and just really flowing, and everything is timing here. Very light on the brakes and just trying to carry as much speed as possible. For you and Aaron, do you think this could finally be the site of the first breakthrough win as a duo? I sure hope so. We have a great team behind us, and we just had some bad luck, so rolling off in the front, we're looking forward to it. Good luck, Frankie. Thank you. Yeah, very good. Good job. Good job, that, uh, Jeremy. Yeah. That's uh, absolutely outstanding for those guys, and Frankie has just been on it since he got in the car. 
Yeah, his, his third third pole position in the uh, IMSA World Tech Sports Car Championship. A couple of them came back in, in 2020. Uh, first one was at Sebring. Second one was at uh, Road Atlanta, Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta in the shorter race there. So a really, really fine job by Frankie. He's been absolutely on it all weekend. As you were saying earlier on, his uh, favorite racetrack of all, and he shows it by getting that pole position. Yeah. And again, make the point that Jeremy did earlier on that they will start side by side. So Frankie Montcalvo will, as the GTD pole sitter, he's actually got three at GTD Pro Cars between himself and Roman De Angelis. Um, so that's pretty impressive. Quite a, a decent run for the Canadian teams and the Canadian drivers there, uh, with uh, Roman De Angelis second in GTD for Heart of Racing. And, of course, Matthew Jaminé with a Canadian-flagged team. And he's with Shea Adam down at the end of pit lane. Well, and he's been very good at uh, doing the qualifying duties so far this year. Matthew, another pole position. Does it get any better than doing it on FAF's home ground? Yeah, I mean, that's the best present I can give to the boys. I mean, they were working hard in the last two days um, to make it happen and improve the car, uh, even though, uh, even after FP2, uh, we're not really sure what we've got. Um, but yeah, they, they put a really good setup together and I could put a great lap. So uh, all in all, it's for position and definitely happy for the boys and, and for us uh, starting up front tomorrow. For you and Matt, this is a new racetrack in terms of racing here. You got to test here, but it's a different place to race. What have FAF given you to try and help you understand the rhythm of it? I mean, obviously, we've got, uh, they've got onboards and, and, and cameras from uh, 2019, I think, last time they raced. Uh, this was pretty much it for our preparation. We also watched uh, the last IMSA race there on TV. And then, yeah, I, I was here for testing, so I, I turned a couple of laps. Uh, and then for Matt, yeah, he had to get up to speak quickly yesterday but there was actually no issue for him he was straight away super fast so uh, yeah we see tomorrow we'll, we, we already saw in, in practice the traffic is difficult with the P3 and the, and the DPI so um, let's see how it plays for sure we'll have to be a bit careful in traffic good luck Mathieu thank you Mathieu Jaminet and Faf Motorsport then pole position for GTD Pro and will start at the front of the grid in that plaid driveway Porsche. New car course coming, Jeremy, for that team and for anyone who's running the GT3 Porsches. Got a first proper look at it. I'd seen some spy shots that uh, from the car testing at Spa about two months ago, but some proper shots of the car still slightly disguised from Porsche released uh, last week or the early part of this week. They've been working very hard at Weissach at their their production facility for the racing cars, not just with the 963, but they've got a job on their hands because they've got to turn out a whole raft of those cars between now and particularly for IMSA before the end of this year to get them into the hands of their customers. Yeah, very good point. Uh, there's, there's a lot of midnight oil being burned <laughs> in Germany over the next few months and weeks, but uh, an excited to see, of course, that, that uh, new car for next year, the first one, for GTD or GT3 that's based upon the 992 uh, chassis. Uh, the other one's based on 991, this this most recent one. But uh, yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of excitement with that new car coming on board next season. Uh, the team, the or excuse me, Porsche, say they, they've worked particularly 
on kind of drivability and particularly for non-pro drivers, improving some of the driver aids, boo. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but hey, look, that's what sells cars. So uh, you, you can't, <laughs> I can't begrudge them that. Well, sure. uh, and the thing is, they've got to compete with everybody else's car um, and, and make it user friendly um, for the non-pro drivers to want to, to drive those cars. It looks absolutely stunning, as you might imagine, very, very aggressive. Indeed, we'll have more on that uh, as I'm sure those cars start to trickle into the hands of of their customers. Shea Adam, we're a couple of minutes away from the LMP3 session and it will be a solo LMP3 session. So just the six cars going out and this is where there's no choice, Shea, of who gets in the car. Correct. It has to be bronze or silver under 30. And we don't have a car in this field this weekend with an option of mixing it up. So to keep it simple, uh, in championship order, we've got the 54 Core Autosport. That will be John Bennett in the 30 Junior 3 racing machine. That will be Ari Baylog. We've got Gar Robinson in the 74 Riley. Uh, who else is down there? Oh, we've got Jarrett Andretti in the 36 Andretti Autosport. And Lance Wilsey in the 33 Sean Creech Motorsport Machine. And to wrap things up, saving the best for last as far as this track is concerned, Ori Fidani is in for AWA in their rebuilt machine. Yes, when we talk about people on home ground, it could not be more of a home ground than for Ori Fidani, who spent a lot of time here down through the last through, uh, few years. He's uh, dad a part of the ownership group here, along with uh, Ron Fellows, and they have done a sparkling job in very difficult conditions. Let's be honest, a lot of track, uh, a lot of track infrastructure, track and infrastructure improvements over the last few years, uh, right up to and including the start of 2020, just before the lockdown struck. And it's great to be back here to be able to experience. Uh, those I always remember, Jeremy, when I saw the the rendering, the artist's impression of the the new fabulous new clubhouse building on the final corner, uh, and thinking, well, that's that's very nice as an artist's impression. I bet it doesn't look like that when it's built. And my goodness, it looked exactly like that. And it is a super super facility that houses the the new press room, some boardrooms, meeting rooms, and of course hospitality area. Uh, and of course, is is where uh, we for quite a few years now have been watching out onto the onto the final corner. Brilliant facility. Yeah, it is. And you know, again, this is another racetrack which is. Um just making constant improvements and you know, hats off to the new ownership group here. They've done a really, really nice job. It's always a been a great place to come to go racing, uh, either as a, a, as a fan or as a competitor. Uh, but uh, you know, it's good to see that there are constant improvements being made on that. Yeah, that facility, it's really, really nice, but it's not obtrusive. It doesn't get in the way of, of race fans here either. So it's, uh, you know, hats off all around. A process that was started, of course, with the latent... Uh, much missed Dr. Don Pano's uh, when there was a lot of earth moved down on the left-hander around the bridge. The parapets were pushed back just before, I suppose you'd call it turn four, really, just before you head into Moss Corner. And one or two of the barriers pushed back just a wee bit, which, uh, in the interest of safety, didn't really change the character and the complexity and the challenge of the track at all. That started a very, very long time ago now. My goodness me, the new 
ownership group have taken it on even further. The redevelopment of the, as I say, of the press room, the pit lane, and various infrastructures as well, including internet and connectivity, which is so important nowadays. Big two thumbs up for me and a beautiful part of the world to come to. Know our way around this area quite well. A lot of very familiar names, of course, to us Brits. Uh, when you're looking at places like Whitby, Whitby and Peterborough, um, I live ah, 25 minutes away from Peterborough in the United Kingdom. I used to live up in the northeast, so Whitby and Sunderland and those places very much familiar to me. Some very nice places to go and eat and enjoy around this area. Thank you for your hospitality again. Down through the years, continuing here at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. All right, we're off and running. No laps to talk about as yet. Shea has given you the drivers. Now, let's see if they can stay away from each other. Well, they can't. <laughs> Andretti car actually has just gone sailing past John Bennett in the number 54 flex box. That's the orange, white and blue car that's going round the Moss Hairpin now. The Andretti car, which is the white, black and green, has just gone through onto the Andretti straight, the Mario Andretti straight, which is slightly curving, actually, up towards turn number eight. Who else is in the queue there? AWA, I can see, on that area of the track as well. Sean Creech Motorsport just coming down through turn four into Moss Corner, and bringing up the rear at the moment, but in some good clear air, is the number 74, the Gar Robinson-driven Riley. So it will be the number 36 of Jared Andretti who goes across and sets the first time at a 1.14.416. I don't think that'll be good enough for pole position, but that's not a bad opening lap, Jeremy. No, indeed. Uh, getting on with the case there uh, already. The fastest time in the practice sessions so far was set uh, by the pro drivers, of course, that's Colin Brown. Uh, at a 111.3. This is the first time officially for the LP3 cars to be here as part of the IMSA Wednesday Sports Car Championship. So, uh, whoever sets the fastest time in this session will set the, the, uh, the qualifying record here, which will stand until, uh, well, until at least next year. But uh, the fastest time then by Colin Bowden was at a 111.3. No expectation to get anywhere near that in this session of qualifying. Yeah, and news coming. If you weren't with us in the earlier session, I understand that uh, you can't always follow every session here. Oh, I know many of you do, and thank you very much. But as we've got sound and vision uh, free for you, no subscription required here, uh, all for you, always the Tech qualifying as Jarrett goes a little bit quicker down to 13-4, that's a stout improvement and he's got clear track ahead of him so getting to the front of the field is a really smart thing to do, the next car on track is just exiting turn 5 at the moment and that is Gar Robinson um, this uh, category of cars uh, will be part of the brand new VP sports car championship for IMSA next year where LMP3s will be the top class and what is going to be called uh, GSX, which is the, the uh, LMP, uh, excuse me, uh, GT4 cars, will be the secondary category. There'll be two races per event, five events on the season, ten races, 
Double headers each, 45 minutes, single driver. And that will come into effect next year. We'll find out all about that. 5th of August, Saturday night at Road America when president of IMSA, John Doonan, gives us the state of the sport. Indeed so. And the, the, the fastest uh, lap time set by non-pro driver in NP3 in, the, in this morning's session was indeed Jared Andretti, who turned a 113.711 in this number 36 car for Andretti Autosport. Uh, fastest so far, 113.4, so already a couple of tenths quicker than that. And right now he's got a full second in hand over John Bennett, who's just dead out. But Gar Robinson by about three tenths of a second. Arif Adani was in fourth, just dropped back to fifth as Harry Beerlog's just gone across the line in the 30, the junior three racing Ligier. Fadani in a Decane, so different chassis manufacturers on shore here. Decane at knee Norma, for those of you with a longer memory. The AWA car requiring a bit of a remedial maintenance to say the very least. 13 car uh, looking a bit uh, pre-loved until a few days ago. Well done to yeah. the team for getting that car back out again, that black and yellow car just going on to the Andretti straight now, Jeremy. Yeah, indeed. So a big crash uh, for Lars Kern, it was the third driver in that car at Watkins Glen last weekend. Turn one, he lost us and had a big tank slap over the curbs, I think, and lost it and hit the inside fence pretty hard. So great job by Andrew. Uh, and uh, the rest of the AWA team there to get that car back out again. And uh, they'll be looking to uh, take advantage of that. And, you know, certainly for Ori Fidani, of course, he, you know, he's his uh, family part of the ownership group here and uh, looking for a strong run. And that is a good lap so far for him in that number 13 car. I just love the sound of these LMP3s. The, the sound of a rumbling V8 whether it's in a, 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 a saloon or a GT car, or in this case, in a purpose-built prototype. There's something that just works very well around these tracks. It does sort of throw me back to, I know, diff, different ideals and, uh, and different ages, but it just kind of throw me back to Can-Am and the big rumbling motors that you had back in those days. I know that these are very different machines but it, it's just right to me Jeremy that when you're trackside you can hear these uh, these V8 sort of hitting you in the sternum very cool aren't they this uh, Nissan VK56 which was brought in for the second generation of LMP3 cars a couple of years ago here in North America yeah they, they sound fantastic and uh, they're, they're you know they're pretty fleet as well 113 Four was the best time in this session. Improvements last time around for both Gar Robinson and John Bennett. Uh, Gar Robinson, who won last week at uh, Watkins Glen in the six hours, up into second position now in car number 74, ahead of John Bennett in third position. Ori Fidani up to fourth then, although he's just been pipped by Ari Baylog. So good to, back and forth between Baylog and Fidani for that fourth and fifth positions. And that will make a difference to where they start on the grid, of course. One roll further forwards we do uh, start the uh, cars in we do split the dpis away from from uh, everybody else unless there are, is uh, or are any post 
qualifying infractions or people go to the back of the grids you can potentially be put to the back of your own class or perhaps to the back of the prototypes or indeed all the way at the back of the grid depending on what the infraction is that was another quick time there for gar robinson and the, the 74 car now down to 114.082 good enough for second position uh, Ori Fadani improving last time around 14.8, 14.4 for Berlog as, as Jeremy mentioned so this is all very impressive as who's that, that's John Bennett just gone through in a 14.2, it's all very very tight Jeremy it is isn't it uh, and uh, it's it's getting, getting closer uh, by the minute both the, those second and third uh, place drivers improving and improving each time around Ari Berlog improves as well, he's now within a, within well, actually, it's not within. It's point. It's one thousandth outside, one tenth of a second behind John Bennett. So Baylog improving in that number 30 car, lap on lap, and we've still got five minutes remaining. So another you know, three laps at least, probably four laps uh, for each of these drivers. That's Jeremy Shaw alongside me, John Hindhoff, in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Share Adam standing expectantly waiting for the pole sitter Robinson goes to the top with a 13.388 so that is the Riley Motorsport car now inside 1 minute 14 and underneath the previous provisional pole sitter Jarrett Andretti by 0.081 of a second not even a full tenth Gar Robinson stringing a really nice session together Here is Berlog coming to the line in the uh, red number 30. Or red and yellow, should I say. Yellow on the side pods, red in the middle. Does he improve? He does improve. 14-2. So Fadani now has got to find around about six-tenths of a second from his best and almost a full tenth from what he did last time around to get back onto row two. It's Riley Motorsports from Andretti Autosports, 74 from 36, then the 54 of John Bennett in the Flexbox Court Autosport car. The fourth Ligier is the Junior 3 racing car. That's the yellow with the red centre section down into Moss Corner now for Ari Berlog. Then the AWA, black and yellow, Duquesne, number 13, and then Lance Wilson for Sean Creech Motorsport in the Stars and Stripes 33. Here's Andretti to the line. Black, white and highlighted green. Jarrett Andretti goes back to pole position by nearly three-tenths of a second. Well, that was a statement lap, Jeremy Shaw. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? He was uh, clearly given the, the hurry-up sign there from the, the pit wall and he has responded. So, yeah, 113.103 for Jarrett Andretti. His fastest time uh, this morning, uh, 113.7. So uh, it's a good you know, improvement of more than half a second on his morning's practice time. So good effort there by Jared Andretti and looking to get uh, another uh, pole position in this car to add to the one he got earlier in the season. Really like these quick five, 15-minute sessions. Here comes Robinson to the line. Does he improve? He does not. The blue and bright no, fractionally. Regiment. Fractionally, yes. Yeah. Very, very tight. Point, yeah, 113.400, that last lap for Gar, the previous lap of 113.388, so just 12 thousandths of a second between those two laps for the number 74 car. 
John Bennett into the pits will be no better than third for the number 54 core autosport car. Underneath the Chevrolet bridge then for Gar Robinson in that number 74. Clips down through the paddleship gearbox into the Ross, the Moss set of bends. Ross Hairpin now onto the back straight, lets that big V8 push him along. He's got the Sean Creech motorsport car of Lance Wilsey right ahead of him. Hopefully Lance will see him and not hold him up through turn eight for Lance. Here comes the second place car at the moment and turns in. Absolutely brilliant looking front end through turn eight. Really pointy that car. The, the rear is following it through. That's a very nicely set up Riley LMP3 car to the line. Robinson improves and splits the difference down to three quarters of a tenth of a second. 0 0.072. But we'll get... This lap, just, he'll get this lap, but this is his last lap. So Lance Wilsey now needs to keep an eye over his shoulder. Yep, Lance himself did improve last time around, so he's he's getting faster and faster as well. Uh, Gar Robinson went purple in the first sector on that last lap, but now Jared Andretti is still on the racetrack, and he has improved again at the... Well, he hasn't proved again at the front, but he did go purple in the middle sector, yes. Jared Andretti, and he has got one more lap to go as well. But Ori Baylog improved last time around now. He's only less than half a tenth of a second behind John Bennett, currently in the fourth position. That's kind of thirty at Ori Baylog. That could swap him from one side to another, and that's exactly what happens as he goes past the finishing line this time. A 1.13.8 for Baylog for wow. Junior 3 Racing. So he swaps sides on row two, and he does have one more lap. This is the last lap for Jarrett Andretti. It's the last lap for Gar Robinson. Robinson coming to the end of the lap now, just coming to turn 10. 14.6 was this morning's best time for Ari Baylog, so big improvement there. Checkered flag is out, so this is the last lap for each of the drivers. Gar Robinson first across there, he did not improve. No, he lifted off. Trying, yeah, he did. I think he was trying to uh, to, to get you know, cool the tyres a little bit and go for one more lap, but uh, that's not going to happen. Looks like Ari Baylog might have lifted off as well. Uh, but uh, that was a really fine effort by Ari there to get up into that third here's, position. Here's Jarrett Andretti coming through and he does not improve. Didn't need to. He's 13, 1 or 2. He's only a tenth and a half away from uh, his best time. So out on the circuit and still running is Lance Wilsey and Ori Fadani. Ori in the 13, AWA should be coming to the line shortly and Ari Baylog pits in the number 30 and Ori Fadani has taken the chequered flag didn't improve, he'd lifted off and also uh, peeling off into the pits right handed Lance Wilsey uh, in the Stars and Stripes number 33 another stunning, stunning livery for that car has almost went back to his pit box he's got to uh, drive straight down the fast lane congratulations to Andretti Autosports so unofficially and subject to post qualifying scrutineering tech the gap is 0 0.072 that was a great scrap Jeremy 
Yeah, that was fun, wasn't it? Really good effort by both of those two. Second pole position of the season for Jared Andretti. He was also on the pole at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. So hats off to him for that. But that was a great run, particularly by Ari Balog. A uh, big improvement there between sessions. And he's only... Well, he's seven-tenths of a second off uh, off of Jared Andretti. If somebody started racing really only only a couple or three years ago, that's a really good improvement in that junior three race in car number 30 for Ari Bailo. But it is Jared Andretti, once again, on the pole position. They'll be looking, Jeremy, for a, a somewhat better weekend than they had at Watkins Glen. They seem to have a lot of bad luck, although still got a decent finish when all was said and done um, when the other results were called. I think they were in and out of the pits for a couple of... Uh, what, number 36? Yes. Uh, yeah, but they, they got... I think they got... Was one of the teams... They uh, had they got a problem after the race. Drive time, yeah. yes. Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, it, longer race, of course, just gives you the uh, opportunity to recover. So, Jared out of the car. She'll be down there in a second to have uh, a word with him. Earlier in GTD, the pro-class car was... The quickest, and that was Mathieu Jaminé for local favourites, Faf Motorsports in the Porsche 911 GT3R, the plaid driveway number nine, ahead of the best of the GTD non-pros. That was the Vassa Sullivan Lexus, the yellow and black number 12. Frankie, Frankie Montecalvo telling us, telling anybody who wants to know, and even people who didn't, that this is one of his favourite tracks, if not his favourite. And he backed that up with a really stunning run to pole position there. As far as GTD Pro, it was Harter Racing in second and BMW Team RLL behind the Aston Martin in third with Corvette in fourth. Then the uh, Lexus, the rebuilt Lexus number 14, remember, after Ben Barnegat had the problem at turn, exit at turn three early in the morning. They were in fifth and sixth was Cooper McNeil in the WeatherTech Racing Mercedes number 79. In GTD behind Frankie Montecalvo and the Lexus number 12, Roman De Angelis, Harter Racing and Paul Miller Racing's BMW uh, in third position. So have a word with Jarrett Andretti for Andretti Autosport. Pull position in the leash year number 36 for LMP3. We were just talking about how risky and high pressure this track is, Jared. Getting a pull position here means something a little bit more, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, this place, um, you know, we did a track walk a couple of days ago and, you know, you can't see turn two, you can't see turn four. You just hope there's something on the other side there, you know. And uh, so to come here, no, nobody really got to test. So this is kind of the first time in a prototype here. So it's really nice to, to, to be on pole and then um, hopefully we can uh, have a good solid race tomorrow and, and finish one of these off. It was a great battle with Gar out there in qualifying. Was the team keeping you alerted to uh, what was going on? And did you have more in the car should you need it? They just said... Um, you need a couple tents here, and um, and we were up a couple other laps as well. I just kind of messed up here and there, so I think there's more in it. It just got to get extracting at every sector all the time, uh, which is difficult to do here because it's so high high risk uh, and very low reward sometimes. But you got to you got to press that to get the lap time out of it. So um, all in all, it feels really good, and and uh, we made some changes, and they're nice. So uh, we'll carry it in tomorrow. Congrats on today. Good luck tomorrow. Thanks, guys question was going to be now Jeremy do they have a good race car they'll start at the front of the field with Gar Robinson uh, alongside and that should be an interesting run down to turn one and uh, turn two for the two Ligiers respectively from Andretti Autosport and, and Riley Motorsport if we get that in the uh, the first stint as close as we've had in qualifying uh, we'll be we'll be seeing an awful lot of that on uh, IMSA TV uh, we will indeed and uh, I think the number 54 car 
is uh, super strong in race trim, particularly with Colin Brown at the wheel. Uh, he was fastest uh, in, I think, both of the practice sessions uh, so far this weekend. I lie, Garrett Grist was quickest in the first one, but uh, Colin Brown was quickest in the second one, and he's had a lot of success here. He and John Bennett in that core order sport team. They won the uh, the old PC category back in 2015 and 16 here. They also won overall in 2018 as well in the uh, the Orica Gibson uh, LMP2 car. So, yeah, they've had a lot of success here and looking strong for the race. But that was a great run by Jared Andretti and Andretti Autosport. And I think it's going to be, once again, another exciting race in LMP3 come tomorrow afternoon. Shea Adam is striding purposefully up the pit lane. It's just past the Conic and Minolta Acura. It's now up alongside uh, the number 60 Maya Shank racing car. And she's checking to see who is belted in to these cars for the final 15-minute session. Shea, you've passed the two Acuras. Ricky Taylor and Tom Blomqvist in those two Acuras. So Meyer Shank Racing going for a second consecutive pole position with Tom Blomqvist. Ricky Taylor, the leading pole sitter in DPI, looking to try and extend that a bit further. In the Cadillac Racing entries, the 0-2, Alex Lynn looking for his first podium. And ooh, I'm intrigued because the 0-1 has yellow on the helmet, but it also has blue. So that means it's Sebastian Bourdais. First time racing at CTMP. He's given qualifying duties, and he's already put it on pole, what, three times so far this year? In the other Cadillac entries, the Whalen Cadillac, is Olivia Pla, race winner here back in 2014. And for the number five Mustang sampling Cadillac, two options. We've got Tristan Vautier and Richard Westbrook. It's Tristan Vautier. Hmm, thank you, Cher. Very interesting. A hard man to argue against putting behind the wheel any time, uh, Sebastian <laughs> Bourdais, uh, in all of that. Um, however much uh, or however little experience he has uh, at this track in this machinery, Jeremy. He's been on a on a pretty solid run of form recently. Yeah, certainly has. And uh, four poles he's already had this season. Uh, records at Sebring, Long Beach, and Detroit also on the pole at Mid Ohio. So here he is the man in qualifying out of the seven races, four poles for that number zero one car. Uh, and uh, I don't know he's got it's a it's a tall order here. Once the once again this morning it was the Acuras that were quickest, first and second indeed were the two Acuras. But on Friday in that first session, the Sebastian Bourdais in the Cadillac. Uh, actually equaled the fastest time that was set by Tom Blomquist in the Acura. 105.7 was a quick time on on uh, Friday in the first session. This morning, though, uh, the ante upped considerably by Ricky Taylor. One, four, one minute 4.919, the fastest time this morning. So Ricky Taylor certainly has to be the odds-on favourite, I think, for the pole position, but don't count any, any of the others out just yet. We talk about... Uh, uh, we talk about cars suiting tracks and, and different chassis, different engines, different aero configurations, even with these DPIs, which are, um, you know, are, there's not unfettered development on these cars. Um, but there are certain types of tracks that suit these two chassis a little better. And, and the fast flowing uh, medium and high speed corners tend to be more Acura friendly where the point and squirt uh, big braking, lots of torque through slow corners, that tends to be more the 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 bailiwick, if you will, of, of the Cadillac with the bigger engine. 
Yeah, you know, it's uh, and this season, uh, a slight change of philosophy in the bouncer performance for the IMSA technical team. They're trying to make sure the cars are you know, even closer at every track. You know, we always talk about horses for courses or, you know, some tracks tend to suit some of the cars are slightly better than the others, but I mean, there was never much to choose between the Acura and the Cadillac. Uh, but the last couple of weekends, yeah, the Acura has had maybe a very, very slight edge. It's been it's been tight, but the Acura has had a slight edge, and they've taken advantage of that. But the, in the Manufacturer Championship in DPI, it's still really close. Just uh, 37 points in between uh, the uh, Acura leads the Cadillac by just 37 points, which with this new point system is is not very much indeed. There's a 30 point swing just on between, well, there's only two manufacturers, so it's 30 point swing either way at each race, plus another three point swing in qualifying as well. So you know, it is super tight out there and I think will remain so for the rest of these final three races of the year. Just a couple of cars going out as the green flag was raised was waved and that was Ricky Taylor for Cunningham and Alta accurate uh, no chance of the weather intervening here 24 Celsius in the air uh, and uh, it, that's a quit to 75 Fahrenheit 32 no that can't be right uh, 81 Fahrenheit uh, on track which is 27 there so this is pretty I, I tell you what there's just been a little bit of cloud cover over the sun now the sun's back out again um what are we looking for for the uh, the all-time uh, record here jeremy in terms of uh, the times we're looking for was it a um it was the uh, it was the dindor capello time wasn't it indeed indeed yeah the all-time sports car record here one four point zero nine four i don't think we're going to get close to that here cloud cover would certainly help uh, but uh, they're already into the fours for the first time this morning. The qu official qualifying lap record for DPI, 105.452. Uh, that stands to Colin Brown yeah. back in 2019. We haven't been here, of course, since 19. So, yeah, that's uh, that's going to go probably on the first flying lap for <laughs> these guys, uh, or maybe the second. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, four, 140, ooh, that's going to be tight. But the old, the old race lap record around here was also set uh, in the Audi R10 TDI by Marco Werner. That was at 105.8. So uh, we're already you know, that's that's going to go this weekend. The, the, the race lap record for DPI a 106.0. That was by Oliver Jarvis in 2019. In the Mazda RTP 74, presumably. Indeed. Um, right. Yes. Very good. I, um, I, I still have to keep pinching myself to remind everybody and and remind everybody just how quick these dpis are and uh, still have to remind everybody what a different package these cars are from what we were seeing with those uh, multi multi tens of millions hundreds of millions of euros dollars whatever financial unit you want to count them in was being thrown at it by the manufacturers in those days, be it Audi or Peugeot or whoever was playing in the at the time that you're talking about, and these are effectively uh, customer racing cars and a development of an LMP2 chassis with a little bit more freedom in aero and a little bit more freedom in suspension in particular and engine choice, obviously. But this is a really cost-effective way to get very close and very fast motor racing when we are talking about. A couple of tenths of a second here and there. 
it does seem to me that IMSA have really nailed this. I can't wait to see the goodies that get turned out for GTP when we see them properly on the track for the Raw before the 24th next January. All right. Well, uh, not anywhere near where we are supposed to be just yet, but it'll take a couple of laps to get the Michelin tyres up to temperature and pressure. Ooh, little wiggle going down the hill for the number 32 from, uh, 31, excuse me, from turn two. And uh, that's the Whelan Cadillac, and that's Ollie Pla, a 105.857 first flying yeah. lap for Ollie Pla. Yeah, which is fractionally outside the all-time lap record around here for sports cars. Marco Werner back in 2008 in that multi-million, as you say, Audi R10. So uh, that shows how quickly these cars are going. Yeah, very good indeed from Oli Pla. Loves a qualifying run. And just starting to get a few more cars coming out. Tristan Fortier in the number five JDC Miller. That's the dark grey with gold. Five, the 60, which is the pink and white Maya Shank racing car, and there's go. Ricky Taylor to the top. Here we go. 104, 104.658. I'll let you see it, Jeremy. Yeah, stunning new qualified lap record for DPI by over three quarters of a second on his first push lap. Great lap there for Ricky Taylor. That already then three tenths quicker than he went this morning as well. And that will not be quick enough. I'll tell you that now. 105 1 for Oli Pla last time around. Can any of the accuracy get close to, in particular, the 0 1 of Sebastian Bourdais? Alex Lean has come out in the 0 2. So both of the Cadillac Racing Chip Ganassi cars are out on the circuit now as well. Yeah, inside 10 minutes. So yeah, they are They're just going here for the wait, wait for a little bit of rubber to get laid down. They were hoping for a bit of cloud cover. It didn't seem to be materialised. So we've got a few more wispy clouds around than were the case this morning. But uh, I don't think uh, there's going to be any cloud cover during this session. So uh, the conditions are about as good as they're going to get now. And uh, 105, four slower that time for Olivier Pla. So he's not going to be challenging for the pole position, I don't think. But what can Tom Blomquist, yes, Tom Blomquist in the number 60 Acura and specifically Sebastian Bourdais in the number 01 Cadillac that's going to be the uh, the big question here. Can they challenge Ricky Taylor? Well, Faster again for Ricky Taylor, but uh, only for... Oh, he's lost it. Oh, he saves it. And the second part of Moss, the squeal in protest from the Michelin tyres. Remember, that's the other thing that's different from the old Audi days. They were all confidential tyres and various different compounds. This is a standard tyre for everybody and a huge Tokyo Drift moment in the second part of Moss Corner for Ricky Taylor. I don't think he'll improve this time around. He got down to a 104.465 last time by. Here he comes now to the line. I suspect he's lost a couple of three tenths as he goes across the line. Yeah, a couple of seconds in fact. Uh, a 106.4 but managed to hold on to it and seems to be unbowed by that and continues on very quickly. Tristan Fortney is up into third position with a, a 107, but they'll get quicker. Nobody at the moment within half a second of Oli Pla. Let's wait for Sebastian Bourdais, who is yet to put in a representative lap, maybe just bringing his tyres 
up to temperature and pressure in a different way. Remember the two, the 01 and the 02, the two Cadillac racing, the Chip Ganassi run cars were doing something very different. Bordier goes across the line in a 108. That's, that's not where that car's going to be. Alex Lynn in a 108. So they're doing something different in their qualifying run here with six well, minutes and 50 seconds to go. Well, let's not forget, of course, that was just a second lap for Correct. those two Cadillacs. Uh, they, they went out a good bit later than the other contenders. Tell you what, that, uh, that the Konica Minolta Acura, the turn in is sharp on that car, isn't it? Absolutely stunning. And I think it caught him, put Vicky Taylor out just a little bit at turn five on the exit. Uh, or the corner had a big snap in the middle of the corner or just after turn in but uh, that's a great lap even so by Ricky Tai. I think that's going to be hard to beat yeah Ricky Taylor then at 104.465 now has he got a gap ahead of him yes he has coming to Moss Corner the Cadillac so it was across the line sorry Jeremy go ahead Oh, I was going to say, it was the fifth lap for Ricky Taylor that uh, set that time, 104.465. Uh, Blomqvist and Bourdais, Blomqvist just completed his third lap. Uh, Bourdais, uh, uh, Bourdais he's, uh, he's, he's also just completed his third lap, so definitely more to come from those two. Tristan Vautier up into second position in number five, JDC Millimotor Sports Century, 104.895 for the Frenchman. Still five and a half minutes to go here, so there's plenty of time. And Ricky Taylor goes quicker still. 104.462. What was that? Three, three thousandths of a second, was it? 465 before? That's a, yeah, super tight. Tom Blunkus within a, just outside a couple of tenths. 104.697 then for Tom Blunkus up into second position ahead of Tristan Vautier on a 104.8. Let's see what Sebastian Bourdais can do. He was uh, faster in each of the first two sectors than previously. Blomqvist still trying to close that gap. My goodness, that number 60. Maya Shank racing car looks a handful for young Blomqvist. Second at the moment, what, two tenths away. But it's rattling him around in the cockpit there and jumping around as he goes into the braking area at turn five and as he comes out of it but he's got good I mean we've only got six cars out on the track that's great there should be plenty of room between the cars through turn eight now and to the end of the lap here's Blomqvist again the back end of that car twitching around and the young drivers reflexes just putting in the corrective wow. corrective steering and he goes to the top Wow, a nervous car is often a fast car. 104.3.068 of a second ahead. Ricky Taylor's time has been equaled and bested. Not by much, but it doesn't have to be by much. And Tom Blomqvist has found a sweet spot. It might not look comfortable. It probably isn't comfortable. And it's probably pretty scary from the inside because it's terrifying from the outside. But he's there and he's lost it in turn five. He gets the big slide and goes off. Sideways moment, but just try to keep the momentum there. Try to take a little too much into turn five. So rather than in the middle part of it, it was actually coming in. Maybe just clip the entry curb a tiny bit too heftily on the right-hand side. So advantage to Mayer Shank racing Jeremy Shaw with three and a half to go. 
brilliant lap by Tom Brokers there. He, I mean, he's on the crest of a wave now in terms of his confidence drive. There's a spin for Sebastian Bourdais. Yes, a spin for Sebastian Bourdais at that same corner, turn five, around the 0-1 car go. So he's not going to be an improvement. And remarkably, Bourdais is sixth out of sixth at the moment. Uh, he's only eight tenths off the fastest time. But it's a big surprise to see him so far back. Let's have a look and see what happened. Yeah, just... Same sort of thing, just uh, just carried a bit too much speed into the first corner. It is, of course, his first time here, as Sherry Adam reminds me, over the... Uh, over the. But still, he was fastest or equal fastest in the first session yesterday, so uh, he turns to learn tracks pretty quickly. That's not a problem for Sebastian Bourdais. He's just that car, just trying to carry a little bit too much speed through the middle part of turn five there, John. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Write that one down. Uh, with Sebastian Bourdais sitting in sixth. And he's got two and a half minutes to put that right. And he will, no doubt. He'd just done his fastest first sector. Into the pit lane for Ricky Taylor. There's no more in the Wayne Taylor Racing Run. Conningham and all the Acura. So Tom Blomqvist staring at the pole position. And another interview with Shea Adam unless Tristan Fortier can find half a second and that's a big ask in the JDC Miller Motorsport or can Sebastian Bourdais surprise us all lifting off Alex Lynn down the back straight he's looking to just cool his tyres down there's nobody in front of him so he's got a bit of room to have a go Oli Pla seven tenths away from pole position, but only half a tenth. No, Lynn's into the pits. There'll be no improvement from Tristan Vordy and JDC Miller Motorsports Cadillac for Alex Lynn for the 0-2 Cadillac. Oli Pla has to find half a tenth of a second to move forward onto the outside of row two, and Sebastian Bordet needs to find a couple of tenths to get in the mix. One minute and ten seconds to go. Further in the cap here, I think, from Tristan Vautier, number five team, they've struggled the last few races to be fastest of the Cadillacs as they are at the moment. That's a good effort by the Frenchman there to in, in, be in third position, but they'll still be disappointed to be half a second away from that brilliant lap by Tom Bunkrist, who was also now in pits in that car number 60. Yeah, no sense in taking any more life out of the Michelin tyres because they are the tyres with which he will have to start the Chevrolet Grand Prix here at Canadian Time Motorsport Park. Tomorrow we'll have it for you. Michelin Countdown to Green, live and exclusive on RS2, on 90.7 FM and on Sirius XM 207. Join us for flag-to-flag coverage. One more lap. For Sebastian Bourdais, and he's really hanging it out as he comes through the final corner with 23 seconds to go as he crossed the line. No improvement there for him, but he is now on his final effort. 105.299 against his 105.266. Yeah, Blanc and he lost that in the final sector, John. He lost it in the final sector because he was quickest, uh, personal best in each of the first two sectors, but uh, neither of them quicker, uh, quick enough to get up ahead of even of Olivier Plaus also into the pit lane. So uh, the, the what's remarkable about this uh, the effort from uh, Tom Blomquist is that Ricky Taylor was fastest purple in sectors one and two. So it was all in that final set to last, well, really the last uh, three corners, eight, nine and ten, that Blomquist put, uh, put enough time together to get that pole Bordes position. Bordes out of it. Bordes lifted out. Yeah. Um, 
six. That's a remarkable shock to see that uh, to Bourdais back in sixth position. He'll be uh, he'll be very very disappointed. He'll be uh, he'll be quite vociferous, I think, after that one. Uh, watch out from the outside of row three at the start tomorrow. Then is all I'm going to say. That zero one <laughs> white and black. Uh, Cadillac Racing Machine, run by Chip Ganassi Racing, uh, will be trying to move forward as early as possible. So, Jeremy, another pole position for Tom Blomqvist, the Brit with the Nordic background, and he's been ushered down to the end of pit lane for the formalities, and the Auto Nation Syrian XM number 60, the Meyer Shank Racing with Curb Agajanian pink and white car captures another pole position good for the team and good for Tom yeah third pole position of the season for Acura there was one for uh, Ricky Taylor uh, earlier in the year at uh, Mid-Ohio and then the last two events this two in a week now pole positions for Tom Blunquist, a 29 year old Englishman from Saffron Walden in the UK brilliant that that was for Tom Blunquist. I I do think we look back on that and uh, and really have to... I think we really have to appreciate what we've just seen there, Jeremy, from both Tom Blomqvist and from Ricky Taylor. 0. 0.068 of a second. New high watermarks for DPIs in qualifying here at Canadian Time Motorsport Park. And to see those drivers duking it out as they did and putting half a second on a quality, quality field... Uh, is uh, something that I think you and I will be talking about for a wee while to come, and I'm certain we're going to mention it in Mission and Countdown at Green again tomorrow, to be honest. He'll be proud of that, or he should be, Tom Brook, because that was a really, really fine effort. Uh, 104.394, full second faster than the old qualifying record for DPI cars, and uh, within, uh, three tenths, yeah, within three tenths of a second of that uh, all-time lap by Dindo Capello, full boost, full everything, full beans back in 2008 uh, on a fraction of the budget. So brilliant effort there by Tom Blomquist and Meyer Shank racing with Kerbag Ajanian. A, a fraction of the budget, probably half the horsepower um, in cars that are probably, they're almost running the same sort of weight as they did then, just over 900 kilos. So that's pretty similar. Tyres are narrower and of a single standard rather than a mix and match set of compounds that were tailored individually to the manufacturers back in those days. Uh, way less downforce as well, but the, the way that they attack the corners and go through, I, I know it's, it's impossible to go back because we probably don't have the data, but I really wish I could see some of the corner data uh, from the guys back then because they were super quick down the straights. Uh, and I, I expect to see that these guys are not much different through the corners uh, as the, the kind of commitment that we are seeing through turn one, through turn two, through turn eight. I do remember the LMP2 um, Porsche Spider, which ended up being a top-class car as well, of course, in DHL livery, talking to Romain Dumas and Timo Bernard. And Romain Dumas, in qualifying, was taking turn eight. He was turning into turn eight absolutely flat. And it was only as he went through the apex that he started to scrub off speed for turn nine. And that was, to me, that was totally shocking. I don't think we're a million miles off that now when we saw the way people were attacking turn eight at the Mario Andre at the end of the Mario Andretti straight. Uh, Shea Adam then has, I'm sure, a very happy, very content Tom Blomqvist, Paul Sitter, for the Chevrolet Grand Prix tomorrow. 
And as you can imagine, big eyes from Tom getting a pole position here. It's a bit like getting a pole position in Watkins Glen. Oh, wait, you did that too. How hard were you pushing, particularly in the third sector? Because that was where you went purple. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was absolutely everything I had. Um, I wasn't sure I was going to survive the session, to be honest. I had quite a few hairy moments, especially the first couple of corners. was really struggling with the car. But, uh, yeah, I just had to close my eyes and uh, just be very, very brave. But our car's been super good in the last sector all weekend. Uh, you know, it's really suiting our package. But we still need to tune it up a bit to make our life a little bit easier in the race. But And, you know, just give us a bit more confidence to, to keep that level uh, maintained because we've got two hours and 40 minutes of racing tomorrow. But, uh, no, I'm really, I'm really happy. I'm really grateful for the, for the boys and girls, you know, at MSR who have, you know, given us these packages the last few weekends. So we just, tomorrow we have to convert it. Jeremy said, uh, comparing this to the lap record time, you went full beans. You went and obliterated the lap record that the Audi set way back when. How good is it now to that, as a race fan, you've now reached those speeds? Well, I think it's just testament to the, these cars. You know, obviously they're, they're a few generations old now, but, um, you know, we're just getting them faster and faster. We've improved this package so much since the start of the season, and I think that's really starting to show, show now on track. So I got to thank you know the team as well, myself and Ollie, you know pushing pushing the guys in the direction that we, we feel like is needed, and obviously that's starting to translate into some you know into a quick race car. So, uh, but yeah, I mean around here is this is a, a high high commitment track, and you know these first couple of corners are insanely quick. It's very bumpy as well, so the car is quite let's say snappy. If you get that wrong, it's going to be a big one. I nearly lost the car actually. Um, at basically the slowest corner on track. But, uh, Turn five, yeah, so we saw that. That was a close one. I thought <laughs> I was gone there. But uh, anyway, we survived. Uh, congrats on today. Good luck tomorrow. Thanks so much. Cheers. So apologies for those of you watching on IMSA TV, um, talking to the pole sitter there uh, as the pictures have run out. Hopefully you can still hear us here. That was Tom Blomqvist. He'll be on pole for the race tomorrow. Uh, thank you for being with us. Thanks to Sheer down in the pit lane and to Jeremy Short, uh, who has been with me in the Hagerty Global Broadcast Centre. We're not finished today. Oh, no. We have the big race for Saturday. This is the Amen for Saturday. It's the Michelin Pilot Challenge. That comes up later on. Uh, check the website at imsaradio.com for details. We'll have that for you later on. And it's going to be an absolute cracker. See you then. Bye-bye. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at radiolamont.com.